Hello, my name is Audrey Bolas. I'm the Programs and Communications Associate at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as Time Up. Today, I'm joined by Time Up Policy Fellow Timothy Caldas, who researches Egyptian political economy and foreign policy. Tim, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Today is International Day of the Banks, as you know, Tim, a UN day in observance of the promise of international development banks, such as the World Bank and the IMF, to finance sustainable development that addresses the economic, social, and environmental dimensions of what people in their communities really need. So, Tim, I was hoping you could tell us a bit about the role of these banks in the region and maybe Egypt in particular today, and to what degree they're really fulfilling that promise. Sure, happy to. So. These institutions have a, a broad set of mandates. Um, one of the things perhaps they're best known for is the IMF's uh, role as, a, as performing fiscal stabilization. So for example, when Egypt had uh, a crisis with its currency and a hard currency shortage, the IMF came in with a $12 billion loan. And with that, they prescribe a set of reforms that are supposed to prevent this sort of crisis from occurring. Um, but they can also, uh, these institutions can also lend or invest in uh, renewable energy, infrastructure, uh, encouraging women to participate in the workplace, literacy, a whole array of things. And, and the goal of, of, these, of these engagements in the economy is purportedly to achieve inclusive private sector-led and sustainable growth. But oftentimes the failure to address governance issues in their conditionality results in a situation where these reforms do not produce the durable changes that are that are sought after. And we see this in Egypt where it's received a lot of praise for its GDP growth and, and its reduction in uh, subsidy spending. But if you look under the hood of the GDP, which is a very rough indicator, you find that poverty has actually risen since the 2016 bailout that the IMF uh, gave Egypt. And the private sector has spent the last five years contracting. So far away from the goals that these institutions have set out. So just to press you on this a little bit more, Tim, how can you, how does governance affect these other economic indicators that these banks are hoping to improve? Sure, it's, uh, it's really crucial for a lot of different things. So for example, rule of law is vitally important for any investor, domestic or foreign, to make sure that their contracts are being enforced. But the judiciary has come under a lot of pressure uh, where the president has expanded his power over the judiciary, and it's become a very politicized institution. On top of that, enforcement of contracts in Egypt ranks one of the lowest in the world on that front. Uh, in terms of press freedom, which is vitally important for reliable circulation of information, uh, Egypt is one of the largest jailers of journalists in the world. And so when someone is trying to understand what's going on in the country and have access to reliable information, the press is not somewhere where they can turn because there's so much self-censorship out of fear of getting arrested. And then on top of that, the government has an allergy to transparency. It treats so much of its data as though it's some sort of national security secret. And so even the data that the government is putting out and the promises that it makes are often met with a lot of skepticism by both domestic and foreign investors. Um, and on top of this, the military's aggressive expansion of the economy, participating in sectors reigning, ranging from fish farms to uh, bottled water, to property development, to media production, to, uh, to all sorts of different economic activities, cement production, while not paying taxes, not being subject to that, not being subject to customs, uh, having privileged access to state lands, and not being subject to state audit, 
results in a very uh, unfair competitive environment. And these anti-competitive practices from the military really intimidate investors when they look at Egypt, despite how attractive other things are. Um, and, and it makes it very difficult for Egypt to get the kind of investments that would create the jobs and allow for the kind of inclusive private sector-led growth that, that these uh, banks are after. So this is a really significant set of internal issues in, in a place like Egypt. And I hear you on why this is so crucial that it be addressed. But so what options do these banks have in improving governance in contexts like Egypt? I think this is a couple of uh, good places to start. So with conditionality and focusing on governance, we could have conditionality that ensures that every single uh, uh, company operating in Egypt, be they owned by the military or the private sector, be subject to the same taxes, same VAT, same customs, same regulations to allow for fair competition and also to help the government, which has a serious revenue problem. It needs to collect more taxes. Um, another area where they can be helpful is conditioning uh, aid on removal of blockage of websites. There are hundreds of websites that are being blocked in Egypt right now and releasing all of the journalists and a pledge not to jail any further ones um, to try to create an environment where uh, reliable information can circulate. These are a couple of steps that could be taken that would help move Egypt towards the inclusive private sector-led sustainable growth that these banks are after. Thank you, Tim, for these insights. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. My pleasure, thank you.